Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And it is another fun-filled, wonderful Monday morning for you, Hollow Cult. Not for us, it's Saturday night, but for you, it's Monday morning. Let's get this shit kicked off right by listening to me and Kyle talk. That's right. Hell yeah. Back in the studio today, stoked on that, to get to hang out and put some work in. Hope everybody's having a good time and hope everybody has a good week. Um, What kind of business we got going on, Kyle? Not a lot. We just got done helping my wife. Yeah. We had to drive back to town and jump her vehicle because battery's dead. And batteries are really expensive now. So it's a win-win. We're not only are we podcast hosts and cult leaders, we're also saviors. Yeah. Like a triple A service. Like a triple A. Shout out to Shauna. Yeah. We got you, boo. We got you. Um, I'm going to dive into a little mystery about some uh, phantom fires. There's a whole bunch of these that I've stumbled across. I was going to do a whole show about uh, a bunch of different ones, but I think I can spread them out into multiple shows, so I'm just going to do that. But before we do that, we got to get through the business. So check us out at all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, uh, Discord. Just search up the Hollow Sky Podcast. Be part of the Hollow Cult. Come over. Hang out with us. Share memes. You know the deal. Just be cool, and we'll be cool back. If you have a paranormal experience you'd like to submit for us to use on a future show, Kyle's got some information for you. You can call or text the Holophone, which is going to be 1-618-556-0837. Although the Holophone is now like our call-in line for the night shift that we have on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can... Solid plug. Yeah, Solid plug. I try. Um, you can write your story out. Or record it with like a smart memo app on your cell phones. Send that over to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. As you heard on one of our last shows, we did an interview with the listener. So feel free to toss your hat in the ring for that. And you can email a short description of your story to hollowskyinterviews at gmail.com. Realistically, you can pretty much do it anywhere, but... That kind of, if you go by the inner email, excuse me, it'll help keep it a little bit more organized. Um, some more stuff. We have the new website off the ground. So you can go check that out at hollowskypodcast.com. Uh, the store is up and running. It is hard dropped. So you can go over there. We got stickers up. We got a shirt up. You can go over there, check it out. Uh, see if you find anything dope and you could purchase it as a gift for yourself, which you deserve. You Agreed. Other ways you can support the show. Very first and foremost, word of mouth. Tell all your weird friends. Tell everybody that listens to podcasts to check us out. Come and hang out with us. Listen to the show. Subscribe. All that stuff. We also have a Patreon. You know, Patreon works. Go check us out. Hollow Sky Podcast at Patreon. See if there's anything extra over there that you would like, and you can sign up for that. We have a Venmo. You could throw us some change for our Monster Fund. Or you can go to wherever you listen to pod podcasts, your podcatcher of choice, and leave us a five-star rating and review. 
If I find it, I will gladly shout you out in the future, like I'm about ready to do now. You know what I just remembered? Um, that the Mayan calendar said we were supposed to stop existing December 21st, no. 2012. Okay. No. What is it? It reminded me because I, th- I think I heard, I don't know if it was a stove or a microwave alarm go off in your kitchen. Yeah. Shauna was supposed to make us a loaf of banana bread today. Damn, Nene. Drop the ball, love. Nene, come Dropping on. Drop the ball. Well, I guess I'll allow it. There's always the next time we get together. Yeah, for sure, for sure. She doesn't make some boss-ass banana bread. Yeah, I, I do enjoy it. But circling back around, I guess if the Mayan calendar would have been uh, accurate, it would have let us know that she wasn't going to make banana bread today. Uh, that is a valid point, so good, but good circle back. If you'd like to leave us a five-star rating and review and I find it, I will shout you out. Usually on Apple, but I know there's other ones. I'm just not good at looking for them. So today's is brought to us by... Uh, Legend 01. Legend says, great show. Five stars. Keep up the good work, guys. Sending our appreciation from SoCal. Surfer emoji. Wave emoji. Palm tree emoji. Sunshine emoji. Woman dancing emoji. There you go. Well, I have a hang loose emoji I'm going to send back. Yeah, metal sign emoji. Thank you for taking the time to leave us those wonderful five stars and all of these emojis and kind words. We appreciate you from Illinois. That being said, we are going to move right into our listener experience of the day. That comes to us from uh, Anonymous. Like the the group? Yes. Awesome. Yes. This ought to be really good then. I'm stoked. Same. It's titled, Missing Time and a Huge Ball of Flickering Flames Hovering Above My Head. All right. Interesting. So, Anonymous states, About a decade ago, I suddenly had an obsession with camping in the woods behind my house. Every single night for about three months. One Saturday morning, about 9 a.m., I woke up in a setting position. Usually, I'm up with the sun. I got up, and not being able to look right or left of me, for some reason, walking straight through the thick brush and thorns to leave the woods rather than just follow my trail. I exit the woods and look back at the woods to see a huge sphere of blue fire slash plasma the size of the top of a huge oak tree that was hovering over or next to the power lines. I could have hit it with the rock. Flames flickering all throughout, turning from a neon blue at first, then to all colors flickering inside the sphere with flames flickering all along the outside, which are more orange. It was fascinatingly beautiful. The next moment, I'm on the other side of the, of the yard. I may have walked, but I can't remember. I'm looking up to my left because all at once, I hear and see a military fighter jet fly right above my head. As I follow it to the right, it's chasing the ball of fire, which is now solid orange, a solid orange fire sphere, swerving and twisting and leaving flickering flames following behind it with the jet behind those, disappearing over the trees. They were both flying very low. This was a literal ball of fire, starting out as a beautiful blue and then all colors flickering. Then as it flew away from the jet, it was orange like a normal flame. A few months later, I had three hours of missing time while at a friend's house. 
She almost called the police, but my car was there. She lives in the country. Her front yard is a cemetery. I was only about 50 feet from her front door, yes, in the graveyard, not understanding why she was crying and so angry with me and why it's suddenly dark outside. I had just got there, and it's more than three hours later. If anyone knows someone that does regressions, please let me know. Since then, they tore down uh, that section and only that section of woods directly behind my house where that happened. They built a water tower, but it hasn't stopped the high strangeness back there or the sky above me. P.S. The crazy thing is that I saw it and acted like I saw... Okay, the crazy thing is that I saw it and I acted like I had just seen a commercial for something like Burger King. I'd casually told my husband when I came inside that morning and my father had actually called me while I was still out there that morning to tell me that his wife had seen a ball of light flying across their backyard and it was on the news. But no one ever spoke of it again and of course I can't find it on the news. I've never heard any other person having the same experience and I'm hoping to have a regression. I just want to know what happened during my missing time. Even if I was just sleeping and she couldn't see me, if I hallucinated that beautiful ball of plasma slash fire, how do I recreate that moment? Please don't mention my name. Have you ever heard of something like this? Um, Anonymous, thanks so much for submitting your encounter, first and foremost. Uh, we have heard of the uh, ball of flames multiple times. Right. And I mean, even as far as the encounter that you had seen. Yeah. Which which all of them seemingly do have sort of sort of ties into the UFO realm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I agree. Because the fighter jets kind of declare yeah. that. It means it got seen. I mean, whether it be per what would it be like local interception of local reports you know, to the police, or they caught it on radar. Uh, it also makes me think that it's possible that it's a biological entity. Oh, the fact weird. that it, because if you think about it, it changes its colors kind of like a an octopus or a jellyfish would. Yeah, like it, it gives me that vibe, right? Yeah. Like it's all it's this blue color when she's or there or whoever was looking at it. And then as it gets approached by these fighter jets, it changes to a more aggressive color. Yeah. I so like it's that. definitely interesting to say the least. And then the missing time, that's even more peculiar because it, I mean, it goes hand in hand with the story. The fact that it's a, what I would call a UFO, but it, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of meat inside that, yeah. uh, biological UFO. Because like we had the, the caller on the night shift that buried the the body in the garden, you know, because they yeah. had two biological entities inside it, and then the apparently the craft itself was biological. So, yeah, and that you know, there's that possibility. The cryptid of the corn dudes have the the theory that the UFOs are biological entities. Yeah, which I mean, that's it's bizarre. It kind of warps your brain a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit. And the missing time thing, kind of. Uh, I hope you email back and kind of put more put more to that because that's super interesting, especially the fact that you have someone there corroborating the fact that you're missing while your car is there. Like you showed up, but you're not there. And then you just pop up later and your friend's freaking out because she can't even find where you've been, which is 
terrifying. Yeah, and it also seems to have like this ability to compel her too. Because in fact, remember she said she, or I keep saying she, she, and I don't know why. But uh, so that's what we'll run with. We'll just say she. It doesn't matter. But it's because they they said they had seen the high strangeness, and then they went inside like they had just seen a Burger King commercial. Like there was that that subtleness to to her statement like almost like it's it's the normal it was yeah normal. yeah so it, it makes me feel like there's a level of compel there to kind of like may, maybe dismiss the urgency of it or something to that yeah, degree you yeah. know what i mean like there's because a normal person would see that and be like what the fuck yeah she's she's just recounting it like and again we don't know if this is uh he or she, but we're just going to go with that. But they were counting it like it was just another part of their camp out is what they're yeah. trying to make it make it seem like. Like, I just went in and told my husband that this happened. So we just kind of rolled off like it, like it was nothing. Yeah. Just went about the business. <clears throat> but yeah, the missing time thing, that, Definitely that hits weird. me a little different. Definitely weird. I wonder if there's any more. And, and again, if anybody knows anyone that uh, delves into... Uh, past regressions, regress memories and stuff, uh, reach out to us and we can put it forward to our friend here. Uh, Again, Anonymous, thank you so much for taking the time to send this out. Uh, The Ball of Flame is is a something we have heard of. The changing of the colors is interesting. For sure. But um, yeah, if you have any more info on the missing time, shoot it our way for sure. So we're going to move into the little investigation that I did for this week's uh, program here. I'll title it the Odin Firestarter because it just sounds sounds cool. Dope. Uh, I got a bunch of different sources here. Medium.com, Paranorms.com, OnlyInYourState.com, the Cadaver YouTube channel, and the River City Mystery Podcast. Uh, go over there. They all did great. Uh coverage of this case definitely check them out so the odin Firestarter. the story starts on a spring morning in april 1941 in the small town of odin indiana uh, odin is approximately has approximately 1300 residents it's located in uh, davies county it's quiet and peaceful and there's not a lot of weird shit that goes on from what i gathered the family at the center of our mystery here is the Hacklers. The Hacklers are made up of William and his wife, Minnie, and their children, William Jr., Dorothy, Garland, Dale, and Virginia. The family resided in a two-story farmhouse for over a decade. The house is old, really old, being built shortly after the Civil War, and it does have some interesting history come about with this age. On the morning of April 19th, 1941, the family had just finished up their breakfast and started to get ready to knock out their morning chores. William was the first out the door. As he made his way to the barn to start his day's work, he thought he had smelled a tinge of smoke in the air. Turning back to the house to see what it could possibly be, he saw what he believed to be flames shooting up out from beneath one of the second-story windows. So William sprinted back toward the house and almost ran into Minnie in the front doorway. As he told her, the house is on fire, 
she had no idea what he was talking about or had any inclination that anything was awry in the home. She didn't smell any smoke, didn't see any flames. As he sprinted past, he yelled to Minnie that one of the top rooms was on fire and rushed up the stairs with some of his children following behind, just curious, like, oh, shit. Right. Um, As he opened the door to the room in question, he and the children see a single piece of wallpaper beneath the window was on fire. They quickly called the fire department and William was adamant that the fire had started from inside the walls of the home, which made the mystery all that more weird because the house was so old it didn't have electrical wiring. The room in question was nowhere near the fireplace either, so it canceled out both of these particular possible starts for this fire. As the firefighters arrived, they quickly put the fire out, but they could see no damage or scorch marks from inside the wall because they pulled back the wall to see what started it. And they also said that they couldn't see any damage to the outside of the wall either. No flame marks, no scorching, but the wall was on fire when they got there and they did put the fire out. So it was like a legit phantom fire. Yes. Which they thought was strange, but they didn't make that big of a deal of because the fire was contained and there wasn't the any damage. Fuck, do you not make a big deal of that? <laughs> I like guess you, they, you witness a fire and you're actually you're able to put it out, but then you go to investigate the actual area where it was on fire, and there's no evidence that there was a fire at all. Period. The end. I I think they were kind of in the camp that they didn't want to freak the family out. Okay, well, that may make a little more sense. So would that suggest that this is the, the first Phantom Fire they fought? Oh, it gets... I'm, it was the first of this day. I don't know if it... Gotcha. Was, but again, I want to point out that uh, a lot of this, since this is hell over 80 years old, a lot of the information you you find, you find different bits of information, like the uh, River City podcast actually talked to a, um, what's it called? A person that was really, uh, was very knowledgeable about Davies County and his, his, uh, take on it from what he gathered was that, uh, William was actually a milk delivery driver that was out. And as he, he saw the fire department go to his house and as he pulled back in to see what was going on, that's when he noticed the, the fires and everything going on. But, it's just like the word of mouth has kind of turned this into its own thing. So if you find different information, just know that I also found different information. I'm just, I just chose one and decided to run with it. All right. So where are we? They put the fire out. Just regardless of different avenues, it, there's still definitely a fire. Yes. Yes. Because <clears throat> I know if you go looking into it, you will, you will find different information. But like, as I said, it's been passed on and written about so many times and over 80 years, it, it's got convoluted. So the fire department did a once over the home and headed back to the fire station. Considering the fire was out, there wasn't any damage. The family was safe. They are like, all right, everything's square. We're going to take off. But according to reports that no sooner had they arrived back at the station that they received another call from the heckler home. This time was from a frantic mini who was telling of another fire that had suddenly broke out in the home. The firefighters rushed back to the heckler residence. Once inside, they observed another fire. This time, it was coming from coming from William and Minnie's feather mattress. According to several of the firefighters, it looked as if the mattress was burning from the inside out. From here, it starts to get really weird. 
As the firefighters were putting out the mattress, William was being questioned by one of the firemen on the other side of the room. As they were standing there, a third fire started right in front of them, which ignited some of William's clothes in his wardrobe. As they quickly put it out, two more fires started on opposite sides of the home. A curtain caught fire on the first floor, and another or, and another fire broke out in a book, also on the first floor. Not the entirety of the book was on fire, but the actual pages inside the book. A firefighter went on to say on record that smoke began pouring from the pages, and when he opened the book up, there was a small fire inside the book that was slowly consuming each page. That's so weird. What was the book? Does it say? They didn't say. (laughs) What if the book had relevance? Burnt up now. Yeah. I don't know. That's super weird. Was there any damage done to uh, William from being on fire? Uh, I think it was just his wardrobe. He didn't catch on oh, fire okay. himself. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because I was kind of confused about that as well. Because it said they were, they were talking like the fire started and caught him on fire. But as I looked into other uh, bits of information, other sources, it sounded like it was just his closet or his gotcha. wardrobe that caught on fire. Because at the same time, I'm like, holy shit, it set him on fire. Like, And that also would rule out William as a suspect, you know, of him being questioned. Yeah. Off to the side, like, are you setting these fires to be an asshole or yeah. attention? Because I think after the second one happened, they're like, all right, something's yeah. weird. Because, I mean, your last name is Heckler, so it's kind of a... <laughs> it, is, uh, it is what it is there, but I don't know. It's really weird. So, with these things getting more and more out of hand, they would call in more responders and volunteer units to help put out the random fires. Within the next three hours, nine more fires would seemingly start on their own throughout the home. These fires included a lampshade, a portion of a rocking chair, a rug, a wooden bowl that had seemingly burned almost to ashes inside of a wooden cupboard with little or no fire damage or residue to anything else around it inside the wooden cupboard. Uh, One fire was reported to have have occurred inside a desk where just papers inside the desk burnt but also dealing no damage to anything else, anything on the desk or in the desk either. Like That's very so specific targets for whatever this thing is. Yeah, doing. and like there's a part that makes me feel like just like a little baby pyro just figured out he can catch shit on fire and he's catching random things on fire. <laughs> but it it's even weirder because the first one was like legit phantom. So my my line of questioning was going to go, okay, well, has there been fires in the house previous? Like, is this some type of, like, residual thing that happens from time to time? But then you start diving deeper down, and more fires get set. And with some of these fires, they're making it sound like there is evidence of a fire. Because the one guy said there was smoke. Yep. There's definitely smoke coming from the pages. The pages were descended. There was ashes. Yep. So now it is evolved into actually being able to burn things. It's, yeah, it's it's almost like it's it's powering itself. It's up. so weird. <clears throat> um, another fire occurred as two women from town, friends of Minnie's, had stopped by to see what all the commotion was about. Because, I mean, you live in a town of 1,300 people. You know you know how that goes. When you got 100 firefighters out there, they're going to roll up and see oh, what's yeah. going on. As they were in the living room talking to Minnie, the curtains on the window directly behind them suddenly erupted into flames. They burnt completely out. But the window shade on the same window showed no damage at all. 
At the same time those curtains caught on fire, the curtains across the room that were hanging out the window because it was the middle of April, it's getting kind of nice out there, the window's open, they caught on fire too. Uh, one of the neighbors that had witnessed the fire said that, quote, had I not been there to see it happen with my own eyes, I would not be able to believe it. By this time, more than 100 responders were at the home, so much so that there were just firemen standing outside of the home pointing and directing the firemen stationed up inside the home as to where they saw smoke and flames in the house because it was breaking out so randomly. Another fireman went on record to say, I was standing at the, in the kitchen looking around for anything that could be smoking when right in front of my eyes the calendar on the wall began to smoke and almost instantly flames appeared as if it were magic, end quote. Oddly enough, the wall behind, or the wallpaper behind the paper calendar had no smoke or fire damage at all. Hey, Hollow Colt, the weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season, and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So in between the fires, the family began moving their beds outside. Because and any any belongings that weren't damaged, they started moving them outside because these fires were popping up so much they were worried that the whole house was going to burn down. They didn't want their beds destroyed or any of their stuff destroyed by future fires. And also, the children were so terrified they they refused to go back into the home even when there were no fires. Yeah, that makes sense. It was so bad that the family actually slept on their mattresses in the front yard that night. I don't blame them. Slowly into the evening, the fires began to wind down. One of the last things to ignite was a set of curtains. It was on the window directly next to the front door. As the fireman stationed in the front room put out the last flame on that curtain, a fireman in the back room on the opposite end of the house next to the back door reported that the curtains on that window ignited immediately as the curtains on the front window were put out. It's almost like it's whatever the fuck it is is just toying with them. Yeah. Um, as they put out the back curtain window, the last fire started and it was upstairs. 
It was a paper divider between the box springs and the mattress of the last remaining bed in the home. It quickly began smoking and caught a blaze. However, the responders said that this fire burned more intensely and quicker than any other fire in the house, and it reduced the mattress to ashes within minutes. Almost as if whatever was causing the fire knew that the beds were a priority for the family as they were pulling them out and targeted that one right off the rip and focused more energy on it. Right. Uh, That was seemingly the last fire that ignited inside the Hackler home. The fires went away as quickly as they started. This left the family, town officials, and firefighters alike dumbfounded as to what could be the cause of the fires. As with any small town, neighbors quickly began to talk. Rumors of home and property being cursed or haunted took off like a fire themselves. Some started blaming the Hacklers for starting the fires. Even though dozens of people, including fire officials witnessed these fires starting on their own. The worst part was that the family couldn't even come up with a defense for themselves because the fires were so strange that they had no evidence or information to explain it away. What year was this? 1941. Been a minute. But, like, it makes me, it just, A, the curse definitely comes to mind, but ultimately it leads my brain into, two separate directions. It would either be some type of witchcraft or the only other thing I could think of would be like some type of elemental, which could still be tied to witchcraft, but there, there is, cause we did, we did the hydrogeist, the water yeah. poltergeist yeah, yeah. It made water out there. There's essentially a pyrogeist too, but there's also pyrokinesis where people can start fires with their minds. Oh, I like that. That's X-Files shit right there. Yeah, which which I didn't really go down that road because there wasn't a whole lot of evidence to point toward somebody in the family doing that. You know, like maybe one of the children had the ability to do it. No, there was never any evidence of any of that. But as I was digging, I did see a bunch of cases of that, which I'm going to go Hell into yeah. in a future episode. That's awesome. But it, it it is strange. And once like I'll go into the history of Maybe it would be like a if, if the kid... If one of them was able to do it, maybe it was just like on on some of them X Men style shows where they're just discovering their power, and so now it's a little bit run amuck. Yeah, he's just like just the thing that they're thinking about is catching on fire. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I wonder what today is. Let me check the calendar, and then it goes. It's crazy. Um, let's see here. It seemed as if nobody could come up with any cause for the fires, with even the Hackler family leading toward possibly something paranormal or evil as the root of the cause. Even though Mr. Hackler, Williams, stated that he had never believed in any kind of spooks or anything paranormal, he could not come up with an explanation as to why his house kept catching on fire. Within the next week, the Hacklers would start trying to determine what the cause could possibly be, even having the Indiana State Fire Marshal open an investigation as to what could have caused the fires. He went on to refer to it as the most baffling case he had ever seen before closing the case unsolved eight years later. Eight years. Eight-year investigation. He couldn't come up with anything. Imagine what that does to the family, too. Because, you know, like back then in the 40s, it happened now, though. I shouldn't say just the 40s. It would happen now. Like, people... We as people don't typically 
believe in woo woo shit, you know? Yeah. Like on a daily basis. But when your your neighbor's house is spontaneously catching on fire for no fucking reason, I feel like a lot more of that gets drawn out of people. Yes, a hundred percent. Right? Where your neighbors start to they have no other I don't I don't want to say choice, but they 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 start to just consume the situation and and put the blame on you. Yeah. Like, kinda... oh, Steve's Steve's into some he's probably into some witchcraft shit. What'd he do to the kids? And like it just like it, like you said, it catches fire on itself and it just rolls. And so it makes their life that much more miserable. Even even more so whenever they come out and they're getting questioned by the town people or accused by the town people. And I, I, I sympathize with them because you know you just want to scream in town square and be like, I don't have a clue yeah. as to what the fuck is going on. Yeah, because especially especially like when the fire marshal came in, it's like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. You prob- the town was probably split into two <clears throat> sides. Either, hey, this family is starting this physically. Yeah. They've set this up. It's something, some kind of fuck fuck shit. They've set it up. This is it. Or when that when that keeps getting disproved, you almost... Their own, they almost don't have a choice but to put it in a paranormal box. Yeah, like the family's cursed, the the grounds cursed, the house is cursed, the house is haunted. The, you know, then your neighbors, you're gonna walk through the store, and the community's gonna stay away from you because now you're the weird one. Yeah, now right? you're gonna set their house on fire. With right, the and then imagine the poor kids, because you know how kids are. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be terrible. Oh yeah, and um, as with that. Oh, where'd I leave off there? The most baffling unsolved for eight years. Okay, so as many towns do, you know, they also like they like to get in there and run amok and gossip and shit. They also do pull together to help people when shit happens. So with all the fires, a lot of the townsfolk pulled together to see if they could help the family. But as they do, they're also throwing out their own theories as to what could have caused the fires. So here's some of those. These theories were all over the place, ranging from a massive lightning storm that swept through the area that they said supercharged and superheated the iron nails in the home, essentially causing the random fires all over the place. Okay, so I like the effort there, right? <laughs> I like the effort there. But what asshole comes up with that thing? <laughs> that, that almost goes to show how, how little evidence they had to, to put forth an explanation for yeah. this. They are just grasping. Not saying it's not a possibility. I'm just saying what asshole comes up with that? Because my brain, there is not one fraction of a chance my brain is picking that as the the cause. Oh, it's uh we're gonna keep we're gonna keep rolling here awesome. because the next one seems to try to fight that one head on. The next theory is that the home was located on a massive magnetic field which charged the home so much that the discharge of massive amounts of magnetic energy were the source of the fires. Eh, wrong. <laughs> because, and, and my argument for that would be, okay, so what? The Like, we, we know this house has been here forever. Been an old, it's an old house. So what? All them years it's just been collecting, collecting magnetic energy, and now it finally decides to blow up? Magneto lived in the basement. I mean, I, I do like Magneto. There's your X-Men. I do like my my Magneto. And Mag- Magneto's just homing all all of the other children, the I, fire starters. I guess. I don't know. I just I that's that's just as bizarre as the first one in my opinion. <laughs> and it, I mean, it like 
I I like that they're there because again, it shows that nobody has any explanation. Absolutely. Um, More theories are combustible gases that were seeping into the home from unmarked, unused wells on the property. See, that's more logical than the first two. As as asinine as that one can be, that's more logical than the first two. Two, it being a prank pulled on by the hackler children themselves. The same kids that were too okay. afraid to go inside uh, to even get their belongings were the ones secretly starting the fires. And I love how, like, when people, I would assume, a guy have to assume that the people, all the theories you presented so far have to be from people that weren't not there. I'm, I'm assuming yes, because you have... You have firefighters, yes. you have uh, town officials literally watching yeah. the fires start before their eyes. Homie opened a book and saw it only burning the pages of the book. How fucked would that be? It'd be terrifying. Like, my brain, I'm telling you, my brain would instantly go to magic. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's like the only you, thing I could come up open with. open it up and it just, I wish I knew what this was. Just one page at a time, burning. <laughs> <laughs> that would freak me out. I love it. I love it. But it was definitely the nails that were inside the book. Magnet nails. Yeah, magnet Supercharged nails. magnetic electric lightning magnet nails. That's what happened. The Solved. lightning the lightning combined with magneto. It was magnetic lightning. Yeah, that's it. We got it. Let's chalk another one up for the hollow the hollow bros. Episode done. Hollow cult solves another mystery. Episode done. One of my personal favorites, which you all know, the house is either cursed or an angry, vengeful poltergeist had taken up residence and targeted the hacklers themselves. With one neighbor stating, quote, the devil is in that house. There you go. That's what I was waiting for. Because the, especially the time, the 40s, and I was waiting for the neighbors to almost consume them, just being like, You're, you are in league with the devil Get out of our town. The devil is in that house. Here we're going to go back in time a little bit, right? So the home being hundreds of years old seemingly had some ugly and tragic history anyway. This kind of leads, oh, yeah. to, leads to the curse. So the original family that lived in the home was the Ketchum family. The Ketchums consisted of Marshall, his wife Margaret, and their five kids. Marshall actually built the two-story farmhouse himself from lumber on the land, And he lived there for over 15 years with no incidents. Then tragedy would seep in, as one by one, each of the Ketchum children would die from typhus. Not long after his children, Marshall would then pass away due to what many would just call a broken heart, with his wife Margaret dying shortly after. In a subtle but ironic twist, one of typhus's nicknames was the Burning Fever. Interesting. Interesting. See that now we're on to something here. Interesting. I don't fucking lightning magnet nails. <laughs> so now we just rewrite a tragedy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that could that could that's that's already some bad juju on the land, right? Well, yeah, and it kind of in a roundabout way makes sense. The fact that burning fever, you have an entire family that essentially gets off by it. There's a lot of. A lot of emotion there. Um, like, I don't know. It, sound, it sounds crazy when I say it, but like it, it makes you think that there's some type of residual going on, and that would be... the, the it, 
because of that residual of of these entities reliving the experience, the fever that they were going through is now manifesting itself yeah. or, into or fires. It could just be like Marshall's sadness from losing his children oh, forever yeah. tied into that house. For sure. To just now he sees a new family there with their children living and thriving and And this know. is why, like we brought it up before, this is why little insignificant details mean everything into a, an investigation or research because like like just feeding off of what you're saying there, like what if something particular happened that day in that household that may have triggered Oh yeah. It all you know what I mean? Like yeah. That's why these insignificant details are always so important because you have to, and it's important for proving and disproving to rule shit out as well, you know, because it could have been, well, it was just a great day. It was just, an, it was literally another day where we were running through our chores. We were doing this, we were doing that. And then all of a sudden this happened or it could have been something tragic happened in the home. There was some type of fight in the home. Or even one of the kids were sick, you know, or something oh, like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, who's to say all that sadness and all that pent-up energy from from the Ketchums, which is also kind of an ironic name. Ketchum, oh, yeah. Like, Definitely Ketchum on Pokemon-y. fire. Gotta catch them all. Catch them on fire. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, uh, that's not the end of the tragedies, right? So the next family to occupy the home was the Wilkie family. The Wilkie family consisted of Andrew Wilkie, his wife, and their two boys. It is rumored that Andrew Wilkie was a spiritualist that spoke to the dead and rumored throughout the town dabbled in some pretty dark and occult dealings. There's your juju. But not so much that it affected any of the townspeople because the family kept to themselves. So it it was just like... It was almost as if people knew that he was dealing in spirituality, and then the like the rumors may have just kind of spiraled. Right. Yeah, 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 especially because this was. Well, that's also gonna. Ha- let's be fair. That's also gonna happen for a family that sticks to themselves. Yeah, and you got to f- consider the time. This was built right after the Civil War, so by the time that's when the Ketchums lived there, by the time the Wilkies moved there, it wasn't that far after. So right, that, that shit was heavily frowned upon back then. Yeah. But on with the tragedies. One day on a hunting trip. One of the boys were fatally wounded by an accidental gunshot. Andrew was reportedly so inconsolable and grief-stricken that he actually had his son buried a few hundred yards west of the house. He had a coffin custom-built with an embedded glass window so he could see his child's face. He would that have, is not advisable. He, he had the kid buried, and I'm assuming had some sort of makeshift shaft to where he could look in and see his son. That is not advisable. That's awful. Yeah. Could you imagine fucking putting yourself through that? No. That is dumb. Oh, that's what they said. They said his grief would end up consuming him as he would have died not long after. Well, I would imagine so. Andrew had made comments to his wife that he had regularly made contact with his deceased son and had conversations with him often. It was reported that after Andrew passed away, Miss, Mrs. Wilkie had the son's casket dug up and moved to a local cemetery, which all of this bad uh, energy kind of could uh, lead some credence to the curse of the property or spirits being tied to the property. 
Back to the Hackler family, not long after the fires, William decided to tear down the home and build new. Conflicting reports I found state that he used parts of the old home to build his new one, but others said he did not. He just raised the home and got rid of it. That's what I would have done. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Uh, regardless, other incidents or no other incidents seem to happen in the new home outside of a random flu fire in their fireplace in the early 60s. The only thing that is known of the fires of Odin is that the fires are still marked unexplained to this day. I don't think you'll ever find an explanation to it because there's no way that many people, there's no, that no, that many people would not participate into, in this something, you know, like some prank. Yeah. Like not to mention you, you would not foresee the future on that. Like literally over a hundred people. Yeah. A hundred people. Were Let's involved. create a giant, you know, uh, mystery. joke. Yeah, mystery that'll fool the ages. I, I don't believe that. I don't either. And it's not the only <sighs> instance that I found of these weird fires. I have one here that even took place in multiple different homes in 2004, 2005. See, and now, now with that in play, it makes me go back to some type of elemental or something. There is one in Macomb, which I'm going to do one on, the Macomb fire starter. That's awesome. Which that that was multiple outbuildings, multiple uh, houses. But it still, it still doesn't take away the fact that even with an elemental, there could still be an aspect of somebody poking into things that they shouldn't be poking into, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because just because it happens in California and Illinois and... Wisconsin and all these different areas doesn't mean that people aren't fucking around and finding out. Yeah. And there, there was another case, uh, 10 years earlier in North Carolina where the similar, similar things happened, even, even to the point to where we, like the daughter, she was, there was a 21 year old daughter, her, her dress caught on fire while she was wearing it. So it's not, it's not a confined one-off of a case. These, these weird fire poltergeists or elementals, uh, is, is, I wouldn't say common, but it's not unheard of. It's awesome. It's awesome and super bizarre. And it's it's weird that, like, when you bring up elemental, because we have all the cases of the the hydrogeist, the water poltergeist. Yeah. It's almost it makes you wonder if there's like battling factions that exist. Uh, it seems like there's battling factions in just about every aspect of life. The more you look around and dig, you know. Uh, I don't know. And the fact that it happened in the 40s, it's a very peculiar time for the world. Oh, yeah. A lot of strange things happened. Coming out of war, going into war. Uh, 47 Roswell crash. Oh, yeah. Uh, which could tie into my next episode as far as time frame goes. Because there, there were a lot of things that happened in the 40s and 50s that supposedly are linked to a couple individuals. I would. Like the entirety of it. It's very, it's a, a very different take on the paranormal, but it's not unrealistic in any way. And that's coming from me. You know, I'm very, I do like my narratives to a degree, but I'm, I'm always open to change. It's just, I like what I like. Uh, it was, and it, it, it was a very volatile, emotional time for the world. Oh, for sure. At that point. Across the board. Absolutely. And then on top of that, when when did uh, World War Two end? Do you remember? Oh, Forty. I'm not gonna say it because people 
Eat Me Alive. Let I'm, me Google it first. The only date I remember is 1947. Uh, for several reasons. When did World War II end? According to the Googler here, September 2nd, 1945. So I was going to say 45, but I, was I wasn't sure. I knew as soon as I threw it out there, somebody would be like, <laughs> You dummies. Learn your history, boy. Well, and then what happened after, after the war? Bunch of different countries sucked up a bunch of weirdo Nazi scientists. <laughs> that is true. Right? So, and we all know they were dabbling in a bunch of weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so weird. I'm going to, like I said, there's multiple... Uh, different accounts of this happening throughout i'm going to uh, if we do a patreon episode tonight i might pick a couple short ones and talk about it so if you're not a member of the the patreon you might want to do that but some of the bigger ones like the macomb fire guys i'm going to do another episode on probably not back to back i'll give it some time to let this one sit in and then we'll do that one the more i the more i think about it the more i like the idea that it's just it just has relation to the old gods it just feels Old gaudy elemental, and then yeah, and then that because makes you, if you if you if, if you go down the road of elemental, what if what if homie just pissed off the land that day? Yeah, you know, just what if just what if something just fucking happened that it makes you wonder what that what the hacklers did to get him pissed, right? Right, because it could be something as simple as that. Because you you have old tribes and old religion that believe in that type of shit. You know, if you disgrace the land, you piss the land off, the land will come and collect, essentially. Because it wasn't, it was almost like it was more annoying than trying to be destructive. Exactly. And it didn't seem like... Because nobody got hurt. You know, yeah, don't take it the wrong way, but it didn't seem like ultra malicious either because it could have just went right after them. Yeah, it could have burnt the house down with them all in it. (laughs) Right. You know? Especially the fact that it... Was it, it was it seemed like it was capable of controlling the rate of fire as well. Yeah, because the book was doing page at a page, and then the bed just lit up and burnt in like record time. Yeah, especially after it like noticed that they were like that like the beds were their priority. They wanted something to sleep on in the barn or in the yard or whatever. It definitely felt like whatever it was, whether it's elemental, magic, whatever. It definitely felt more like a warning or or something to that degree, like a. Like maybe it was trying to drive you off the land or drive you out of the house or warn you about what you did. Like, hey, don't be doing this shit anymore because it get a lot worse from here. Yeah. And I mean, it, yeah. on that note, it also could have been somebody in the town that didn't like them. Absolutely. Had, had Absolutely. been dabbling in that power where they didn't, they didn't want to hurt them, but they wanted to scare them. Yep. It was there to send a message, at the very least. Yeah, I thought, I thought everybody would find that uh, interesting. Again, it, if you delve in, if you delve into them, there are quite a few cases. This is the one that uh, popped up first. I had actually wanted to ride on the Macomb fire poltergeist, but I could not think of it for the is life. That, of is me. that our Macomb? Yeah. Oh, nice. I could not think of it for the life that of me. That's not far from here. So I stumbled on the the. Uh, Cadaver did his episode and called it the 28 Fires of Odin. And I was like, that's what That is sick. a dope name. Yeah. And that's that's what ended up happening. There were 28 separate fires that day from the morning to the night. That's wild. <laughs> Which I am. If anybody, any of our numerologists are listening out there, uh, is there any significance to the number 28? Oh, I guarantee you is we're it tied in? It. Is it tied in to, is, is there any fire significance to that number? 
So, yeah, that's it. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Again, there, there will be probably more future interesting fire starter elemental things. I dig it. In the future, it's something kind of off the, off the beat. Yeah, definitely not something we cover on the, on the regs. But thanks again. Hopefully this... I'm trying to think of a fire. Heated up your Monday. That was probably in bad taste, wasn't it? Eh. Sparked, sparked your week off right. <laughs> Just got you fired up for the week. There you go. <laughs> Check us out on all our socials. Sometimes I crack myself up. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Reddit, everywhere else. The store, Night Shift. Yeah, check the store. Hang out with us on Wednesday, the Night Shift. Come and kick it. Go buy you some stickers. You know the deal. So, until we meet again, Hollow Cult, stay safe, stay weird, and if things in your house randomly begin to catch on fire, uh, live stream it so you have evidence so people don't think you are crazy.